Welcome to the Jam Pack Report today for July the 30th of 2023. I'm Jam Pack Sam, and on today's show, we are talking about a potential Red Dead Redemption remaster. Techland has been purchased by Tencent. Immortals Phoenix Rising is not getting a sequel because of Assassin's Creed Red, according to some new rumors. And we have much more to dive into as well. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get into it. Starting things off on today's show, Red Dead Redemption could be getting a remaster sooner than we might think, and it might even be coming to the Nintendo Switch. Let's start things off with Jordan Midler over at VGC, who writes, A new logo for Red Dead Redemption has appeared on Rockstar's website amidst claims the game could be set for a remaster. Posted to Twitter by TazFunds2, they also point out that in an update to the Rockstar website made last week, a game known as Red Dead Redemption Rockstar Presents version has been added to the internal games list. It's possible that this is simply an updated logo that will be rolled out to all digital versions of the game, bringing it in line with other Rockstar titles that also feature Rockstar Games Presents branding. However, last month, Rockstar's 13-year-old game was classified by South Korea's Game Rating and Administration Committee, which has a history of revealing upcoming titles prior to their official announcement. So here is the official tweet from TazFunds2 with the new logo that's on the back end of the Rockstar website. And you can see it's pretty much the same as the Red Dead Redemption logo from back in the day, but now it has Rockstar Games Presents right above it in line with that branding. As spotted by Gameatsu, the new rating carries a classification number that refers to console games. Red Dead Redemption was released for PS3 and Xbox 360 in May 2010, but was never ported to PC. The new Korean classification is separate to existing ones for the original game, its Undead Nightmare collection, and its Game of the Year edition. A Rockstar insider who has previously leaked accurate information about the company's games claimed last year that remasters of Grand Theft Auto 4 and Red Dead Redemption were once planned, but had since been scrapped. Red Dead Redemption 2 was released in 2018, packaged with a multiplayer mode, Red Dead Online, which received a standalone release in 2020, and Rockstar owner Take-Two said in May that the franchise has shipped over 75 million units, including 53 million copies of Red Dead Redemption 2. We will see if this is accurate, but in my opinion, looking at this new and updated logo, I can't imagine a reason that you would want to put out a new logo for a game and pay a designer to make a new logo for the game, even if it is something that's a low lift like this, if you aren't going to be doing something with that game. Because if it's not broke, don't fix it, they updated the logo, something is definitely going down here. But in addition to the news of a remaster, it looks like it could be coming to the Nintendo Switch. Heading over to The Gamer, we have the report that yesterday, an update to the Red Dead Redemption website suggests that a remaster of the original 2010 game is in the works. Now, the same source shares evidence that this remaster could be coming to the Nintendo Switch, finally making the Rockstar series playable on a Nintendo platform. This comes from an update to the website's backend, which has added the ability to select Switch as your platform of choice. It's now included alongside all of the other platforms you can play Red Dead games on, strongly suggesting that the Nintendo console will be included in the Red Dead re-release, despite being far less powerful than the PS5 and the Xbox Series X and S. This further development was spotted by the same Twitter account that brought us the initial news of a Red Dead Redemption remaster, Test Funds 2. While they stressed that the page as it appears now should not be seen as confirmation of what platforms the remaster will launch on, there would hardly be any other reason for Rockstar to add a Switch option since no Red Dead games have been released on it before. 
However, there is something that complicates the matter. The Switch was added to the site alongside PS3 and Xbox 360, consoles from two generations ago. Many publishers have already moved away from PS4 and Xbox One, so there's no chance that a Red Dead remaster would launch on their predecessors. While this addition to the site is definitely confusing, there is a possible explanation. It could be that this webpage will serve to list all of the platforms the Red Dead has ever launched on rather than just the remaster. Therefore, selecting PS3 or Xbox 360 would likely just inform you that these platforms can play the original release of the first game, but not the sequel or the remaster. This would be bad news for Nintendo fans, as it means that the Switch is not guaranteed to get the remaster. Instead, it might just get a port of the old release to make up for lost time. So let's go back to the first article to start things off. Awesome to hear that a Red Dead Redemption remaster could be on the way, because then all of the Red Dead content that we've had to date would potentially be on one platform or one set of platforms, where if somebody were to go out and buy a PS5 or an Xbox Series X or S, they can play Red Dead Redemption 1 and Red Dead Redemption 2 and get all of the stories that we've had so far. You can get into the lore of John Marston if you were already a fan of Red Dead Redemption 2, where he's kind of popping up in the story here and there as a part of the Vanderland gang. That's the kind of content that I love to see brought forward to a new generation because everybody should experience Red Dead Redemption. It is one of the best franchises ever made. Now back to the Switch situation. Would they actually port the original game to Nintendo Switch? I'm not a game developer, but I have heard that the back end of the original Red Dead Redemption is a disaster. It's a miracle that game even runs to begin with. And so I just can't imagine Rockstar not only working on a remaster, but also working on porting the original game to the Nintendo Switch. It seems like the more sensible solution would be to make a dumbed-down version of the Red Dead Redemption remaster that could run on Nintendo Switch hardware, in the same way that we see a lot of games come out on PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X and S, but also on the Nintendo Switch, Mortal Kombat 1 comes to mind, where you have this beautiful version that's going to be running on the newest hardware, and you've got a version that cuts a lot of the beauty from it, but that is able to actually run on the Nintendo Switch. I think that could be the case here. Now, the platform list is a little bit confusing to me because I do think it's weird it's listed alongside the PS3 and the Xbox 360, but even then, that could just be a placeholder. That's something that isn't setting anything in stone. I just still can't imagine them bringing the old version to new hardware. That just doesn't make any sense if you already have a remaster in the works that could be running on a much more welcoming engine uh, if you've been trying to port everything over and make it a little bit more uh, easy to develop. So, Red Dead Redemption getting a lot of time in the limelight, hopefully in the future. I'm excited to learn more as time goes on, and hopefully by the end of the month, uh, we could be getting some more information as far as August goes. Of course, we're getting ready to enter a new month, still recording in July. This episode goes up in July, but August is on the way. We could be getting something. Uh, and of course, Gamescom is also coming. Gamescom opening night live. I could easily see this being one of the biggest announcements made during that show. So, time will tell, but if you are a Red Dead Redemption fan, let me know down below if you are watching on YouTube or hit me up on Twitter or threads, would you want to play a Red Dead Redemption remake or even a remaster? Next up, Tencent is going to be buying Techland, the studio behind Dying Light. This comes from Ash Parrish over at The Verge, who writes, Tencent, the billion-dollar Chinese holding company that owns either wholly or in part game studios like Riot Games, Epic Games, and many others, is in the process of adding another studio to its long list of subsidiaries, Techland. 
The CEO announced, teaming up with Tencent will allow us to move full speed ahead with the execution of the vision of our games. Techland is a Polish studio known for its zombie survival games, including the Dying Light and Dead Island series. Last year, after a lengthy delay, the studio released the highly anticipated sequel to Dying Light, Dying Light 2 Stay Human, to decent reviews. Also last year, the gamer reported on internal struggles at Techland, reporting that 20 employees, roughly 5% of its workforce, departed the company over the course of two months. With this new acquisition by Tencent, however, Techland's CEO believes the best is yet to come for the company. Tencent is one of the largest video game companies in the world and seemingly has no problem with spending the cash necessary to keep it on that list. Tencent's portfolio contains some of the biggest money-making games in the world, including Honor of Kings, Call of Duty Mobile, and PUBG Mobile. While the acquisition may seem like good news for Techland right now, recent news may indicate the trend of gobbling up game studios is not always panning out in the long run. Last month, Embracer Group, the Swedish company that also owns a wealth of studios, including Gearbox Entertainment and Crystal Dynamics, announced that it would pause development on some games and sell off studios amidst a larger restructuring plan. I want to add some context around that last Embracer Group mention. Uh, they had a multi, I think it was billion dollar deal fall through at the last minute. They were about to sign the contract uh, to acquire something else that would have brought a huge cash influx uh, with potentially some big franchises that they would have then acquired. But once that fell through, uh, that completely destroyed what they had projected their income would be. And so they're trying to reorganize, cut projects where they can to try and stay alive because so much had been riding on that multi-billion dollar deal. I can't remember exactly how much money it was, but it was a very, very, very large deal. So back to the 10 cent situation. What's going on with Techland, and will this impact future Dying Light games or potentially the future of what the company is going to be putting out? And it will inevitably have an impact. But I will say Tencent is a scary name in the gaming industry because they are this Chinese holding company that's going around gobbling up a whole bunch of studios and IP, and who knows what they could potentially do with it. I will say personally, as somebody who's been watching Tencent do this for a while, I think often about PUBG and how PUBG Corp was, uh, I can't remember if they were acquired in whole or partially by Tencent, but Tencent has a strong holding in PUBG, and nothing really changed whenever they took over. Nothing really changed when that deal was done, because PUBG Mobile came out, still is a worldwide hit, PUBG's still going, still the same game we've always known it to be. There isn't really a difference in pre-Tencent and post-Tencent from the public point of view. I don't see an issue with this as long as the Dying Light Studio Techland is able to maintain control over what their team is working on. I think that, honestly, comparing uh, Tencent to a company like Activision Blizzard, I would rather have the Tencent approach than the Activision Blizzard approach, where Activision Blizzard acquired tons of companies through the years, and eventually they all just got bundled into Call of Duty teams, and they started supporting the big Goliath franchise versus working on what they probably wanted to be working on. Uh, and that, of course, impacts the talent of the teams as well. You know, everybody always talks about Toys for Bob, for example. Uh, if you went to go work for Toys for Bob and you were like, I want to make a new Crash Bandicoot game, and they said, well, good news, you're going to be making the Nicki Minaj skin in Warzone. I don't want to do that, you know? So I think that as long as you give the talent the freedom to do what they want, 
and give these teams the freedom to follow their passions and their visions for what they want to make, then you're doing the right thing here and you're investing in talent and potential versus investing in a franchise or buying a tool to help make whatever you want to make. Uh, and potentially there is some in-between balance right there where I know, for example, with Activision Blizzard, Toys for Bob has gotten back to making the games that they want to make, but I think they're also partially supporting Call of Duty in some ways, uh, or they have been in the past. So, no matter how you cut it, Tencent is getting more and more involved in the gaming industry, and this is just continuing that consolidation that we've seen, where we have, again, Microsoft buying companies, we have Sony buying companies for the PlayStation Studios, uh, and we've got Tencent getting out there, making some big moves, Embracer Group, uh, those are like four big entities that are just gobbling things up left and right, and will it benefit the consumer in the long run? Potentially? Potentially not. Will it benefit development in the long run? Once again, potentially or potentially not. But one thing that is going to be benefiting Xbox players, though, is that Xbox and Square Enix have announced plans to partner closely on future games. This is a very big deal, my friends. Going over to Fraser Gilbert at Pure Xbox, he writes, Xbox boss Phil Spencer made a surprise appearance as part of today's Final Fantasy XIV Fan Festival 2023 event in Las Vegas, where it was announced that Final Fantasy XIV would be coming to Xbox Series X and S in spring of 2024. Following this, Spencer and Square Enix CEO Takashi Kiryu confirmed that new plans have been put in place to partner more closely on future games, with Square Enix now expecting to bring a lot more titles to Xbox. Firstly, here's a bit of what Spencer had to say. We deeply respect the rich legacy of Square Enix, and we look forward to building on the relationship that we've established in bringing Final Fantasy 16, excuse me, 11 to Xbox. I think there's a, there's a, a V missing here. Final Fantasy 14 to Xbox and partnering closely with you and the Square Enix team on future games. And here's what Square Enix CEO Takashi Kirio had to say. As CEO of Square Enix, we want to continue to deliver fabulous games to fans across the world, and of course, we want to welcome the Xbox community as well. And starting with today's announcement of Final Fantasy XIV coming in spring 2024, and whenever possible, we are planning to bring our games to Xbox for players around the world to enjoy. We're really looking forward to continuing to work closely with Phil and the Xbox team to make this possible. As you're probably aware, Square Enix has been skipping the Xbox platform for the majority of its new releases in 2023 so far, with the likes of Forspoken and Octopath Traveler 2 becoming PlayStation and or Nintendo console exclusives. Spencer admitted back in early June that Xbox's relationship with Square Enix required more work, and it's clear to see that Phil and his team have put a lot of effort in over the past few weeks to establish a healthy new partnership. So first off, big story here. Final Fantasy XIV finally coming to Xbox platforms. That is awesome. And I'm not a big Final Fantasy guy, but I know the impact of Final Fantasy, and I know that a ton of people have been wanting this for a very long time. And so to see Xbox getting more competitive in the space, signing deals inevitably, I mean, this isn't just good graces, there is money exchanging hands here. Uh, that's the kind of stuff that needs to go down. That's what we need to see. But to see the additional commitment from Square Enix to continue bringing future Final Fantasy games and future releases in general to Xbox, that is going to make a big impact on the future of this console space because for a very long time, and potentially in the future, but right now, PlayStation is the Final Fantasy machine. If you want the entire experience from top to bottom, that's going to be your console of choice. Uh, and so for Xbox to throw some cash around and build those relationships and say, hey, you can also play those games here. Again, we're not talking about exclusivity here. We're just talking about the option to be able to play on Xbox. That's a big benefit for players. 
I would love to see the back catalog of games uh, come to Xbox that might have been missing up until now. But I do think that the CEO of Square Enix has a very good point here with this statement. And whenever possible is the exact phrase. He says, and whenever possible, we are planning to bring our games to Xbox for players around the world to enjoy. There are commitments. There are contracts. PlayStation is signing deals left and right because and whenever possible could very mean if PlayStation doesn't offer me more money. I, that's the way that I see it. I want to set the expectation very low here. But the fact that there is a commitment to bring more games to Xbox is already a move in the right direction. So I've seen a ton of people extrapolating this and saying, oh, does this mean that Final Fantasy VII Remake is finally coming to Xbox? My friends, that you're never getting that. You're never, you're never going to see that. Now, you could see it in maybe like five years, maybe ten years. You know, one of those points where it's almost irrelevant at this point to bring Final Fantasy VII Remake to Xbox. But... In my opinion, PlayStation's got that one locked down, especially with the uh, second part of the remake and development and coming soon. TM, not really soon, but uh, with the second part in development and already announced, it seems like that's not going to be moving away from PlayStation exclusivity at any point in the near future. So uh, time will tell how much this relationship impacts the Square Enix output on the Xbox platform. But nonetheless, to see pictures like this with Phil Spencer schmoozing it up uh, with Square Enix execs is definitely giving me more confidence in the future of where those games could potentially land. And by that, I mean on Xbox. In case you missed it, Immortals Phoenix Rising 2 was reportedly canceled this week, and Ubisoft confirmed and said that staff had been shuffled around to other projects, basically confirming this was true. But now, according to VG247, Assassin's Creed Red might be to blame for Immortals Phoenix Rising 2's cancellation. They write, earlier this week, a report from VGC claimed that Immortals Phoenix Rising 2, or whatever the sequel might have been called, had been canceled, which Ubisoft itself confirmed. The intention for the series was to turn it into a franchise, with plans for sequels to explore other mythologies, with earlier reports claiming the sequel would be a Polynesian-inspired spinoff. Ubisoft had already confirmed that with the cancellation of the project, teams and resources have been reallocated within the Quebec studio to other projects, with sources saying the pivot was towards its most notable IP. Now, according to Axios' Steven Totillo, it appears that Assassin's Creed Red could be a big part of why the Immortal sequel has been canned. Quote, asking around, I heard that Immortals 2's focus on Polynesian gods was promising and being handled well, Totillo shared in a tweet earlier this week, but it sounds like getting Assassin's Creed Red done is the priority at the Quebec City studio. In a follow-up tweet, Totillo expanded upon where some staff had been placed in the studio, writing, quote, notable that Ubisoft statements as staff is being moved to unannounced projects, which I'm sure is the case for many. But the expectation from people I spoke to close to Ubisoft was that Red could use more people, as does Hex, as Ubisoft bets on AC for its future. Annie Robinson, editor and owner of VGC, also said that he was told, quote, that many of the Immortals' leads are pushing back on being moved to AC. If you needed a reminder, Assassin's Creed Red is the new Japan-based Assassin's Creed game that is on the way. But this is unfortunate because you would love to see what Immortals Phoenix Rising 2 could have potentially been, what this franchise could have turned into. And while it is disappointing to see these things, it's not necessarily surprising. I mean, keep in mind we're talking about Ubisoft, a company that was basically prepping for a hostile takeover from Vivendi just a couple of years ago. And they have made a significant amount of 
uh, I guess, headway on trying to come back to the company that they once were. I think that there was a lot of experimentation within Ubisoft for a long time, especially with games like uh, Hyperscape that came out that were trying to chase trends. But now they're getting back to the roots of the franchises that worked and expanding them with new ideas that can make them work even more. I was playing The Crew too. I put out a video of that last week talking about my experience with the closed beta. And so spending some time with that, it's clear that they know they've got a good franchise with The Crew. They know they've got a good racing game there. But they're adding more Forza Horizon elements into it to make it something that's more of a live service ongoing racing game that feels really fun to play. And that could very well compete, not necessarily directly with Forza Horizon 5, but potentially. Uh, and on top of that, could also go head to head with games like Need for Speed uh, whenever that next game comes out, which is reported in development. So with Ubisoft shifting their focus to more Assassin's Creed, they need to get that money. They've got to keep that cash flow coming in. I mean, if you look at, again, bringing back up Activision Blizzard, they can't just shift development away from multiple different Call of Duty games. You've got to keep that cash flow coming in. you got to feed the cash cow, so to speak. And so it is, again, a bummer to see Immortals Phoenix Rising 2 getting canceled. It is even more of a bummer to hear that leads are pushing back on being moved to Assassin's Creed because that brings us back to uh, the Techland acquisition topic where if a company doesn't want to be working on a game or if a team doesn't want to be working on a game they're working on, the output might not be the best possible output. And so I hope that Assassin's Creed Red doesn't suffer because of people that might not be interested in working on the project. Not that that would be the case. And of course, again, who knows how big this team of people that has moved to Assassin's Creed Red uh, actually is and their impact on the overall uh, project itself. But it does make sense to focus more on Assassin's Creed Red and Assassin's Creed Hex from a financial perspective. I mean, how many copies would Immortals Phoenix Rising 2 really have sold in comparison to something like a Japanese-based Assassin's Creed that is absolutely going to print money? Because that's one that people have been asking for since the very earliest days of Assassin's Creed. So we'll see how Assassin's Creed Red pans out. Still probably a couple of years away, but if you were a fan of Immortals Phoenix Rising 2, I apologize Looks like you're not going to be getting that one anytime soon. But if you are going to be picking up some new games, I've got some good news for Xbox players out there. The new Xbox dashboard is officially out now. I have it on mine, and I will say, if you have an Xbox and you want this new experience, you might have to do a hard restart before it actually shows. It was not showing on my console, even though it was completely up to date, and then just hitting that restart button was able to get that thing loaded up. And I gotta say, it's a big improvement. As you can see here, the art on the back uh, of your wallpaper shines through much better than it did before. Uh, previously, a lot of the blocks were showing uh, too much of the game and not enough of the art in the background. And on top of that, as you scroll through from game to game here, like they've got on their dashboard, Starfield, Fortnite, Diablo 4, Assassin's Creed, Mirage, unless you have a dynamic background set, each of these games changes the wallpaper, kind of similar to the PlayStation 5 setup. So Starfield will populate on the background. If you hover over Diablo 4, you'll have Lilith behind you, Assassin's Creed, Mirage, uh, you'll have Basim there. So Awesome to see the customization there, and it creates a more intricate experience. I don't know, it just lets that art shine through a little bit more. But enough of me rambling. Let's go over to the Xbox Wire, where they write, Starting today, a new home experience is rolling out to all Xbox Series XS and Xbox One consoles. This update is designed from player feedback and makes it easier to discover new games, rediscover games you already love, connect with communities, and create a more personalized experience. We're excited to share more about the journey that led us here and what you can expect with this new update. 
Your new Xbox Home. One, makes it easy to go to your library, the Microsoft Store, Xbox Game Pass, search, and settings at the very top of your home by introducing a quick access menu. Two, creates more space for your personalized background by simplifying the layout and putting the games you recently played and other content and apps towards the bottom of the screen. Three, adds an option to change your background to match the game you are highlighting in the recently played list. Four, improves game discovery by introducing a list of games curated and personalized for you. Five, allows you to customize your experience by pinning your favorite games, curated groups, and system groups like Quick Resume to Home. Six, helps you find what's going on in your community through the updated friends and community updates row. Seven, shows you what media apps and content are available to you via a watch and listen spotlight and list of entertainment apps and the journey to update home is detailed here. Now, if you want to talk more about how they've uh, baked in feedback, you can go check out the Xbox wire itself. Uh, They've got a lot more info there, but personally, I think it's a huge improvement over the original. You can see it here in action, but the original Xbox dashboard felt a little bit archaic, felt a little bit old. It was starting to get some age on it. And I think one of the biggest complaints from a user interface perspective that I heard from the Xbox community whenever the new consoles launched is that it just didn't really feel like a new console had launched. It was still the Xbox One dashboard. Now, some updates have come since then that have made it feel a little bit more robust. There are a couple of differences here and there. But whether you're playing on Xbox Series X or S or on Xbox One, this is a huge improvement that, again, shows that art, uh, gives you a little bit more uh, options uh, or a few more options of how to navigate the screens and find the games that you want to dig into. So I think it's awesome to see companies continuing to iterate. And I do hope that this one is one that sticks around for a while, because I know that there's been a lot of testing and iterating here and there. There was one version of this that was basically all of these blocks completely covering the screen, which I think the feedback there was, we want the see art and it's clear they baked that into the final product. So congrats to the team on the new launch. And if you have checked it out and you're an Xbox fan, let me know what you think about the new dashboard down below. Now, one of the games on your Xbox dashboard could be Exo Primal because this was a big summer Game Pass launch. And the good news is Exo Primal has crossed 1 million players and has dropped a free skin to celebrate. This comes from Comic Book Gaming, where they write Exo Primal launched just a few short weeks ago. But developer Capcom has announced that the third person dinosaur shooter has already crossed a major player milestone count. While far from a critical hit, Exo Primal was able to break 1 million players after just over 10 days in the wild. That's an impressive figure for a new IP, but it's also worth noting that Exoprimal is available on Xbox Game Pass, which certainly helps get the game in front of players. However, that should not take away from the milestone, as Capcom still needs to convince people to actually download Exoprimal, which has, it has obviously been successful in doing. The milestone is not the only news out of Exoprimal today, though. Alongside the announcement, Capcom revealed that it would be giving away a free skin for the support hero Skywave on August the 16th. That same day, the team will drop the first title update, which will include 10 new alpha variants for each exosuit, and all 10 new suits will give players new combat skills to master, greatly improving the variety available to those 1 million players. Congrats to the Exoprimal team. I checked this one out whenever it launched. I probably played about five days after the launch period. Not for me. Definitely not my kind of game. And I'm curious how many of this million player pool will be like me, where they dove in, checked it out, decided to drop off, and then the player count uh, you know, continues to, to do what it will from there, whether it maintains 50K, 100K, whatever it might be. I'm curious what the long-term uh, projection for that player count is going to look like. But there is a fun game there, just not a fun game that's going to be catering to me. 
I think that in my opinion, Exoprimal is a little bit too complex. It's adding a little bit too much uh, to a game that could just be basically shooting dinosaurs. And that is in there, but you've got different options. The support classes, the tell you lots of different elements of many different genres in there that I don't necessarily think need to be in there. But over a million players have checked it out. So if you have checked it out, be sure to drop me a line. Let me know how you feel about Exoprimal. But for one million players to check out a brand new IP from Capcom, I think shows the value of Xbox Game Pass in the best way possible because it's not something I needed to spend $70 on to dive into on day one, but I could dive in on day one and see if it would be for me. And I've played Exo Primal. That's not something I would say had I not had Xbox Game Pass. So they've got more exposure for the IP and you've got fans that might not be like me that were checking it out just on a whim, booted it up on Xbox, and now they've been playing every day since the game launched of a game they might not have ever even decided to pick up. Uh, Or at least not until it was like Outriders right now, where it's $5 a GameStop, whatever it might be uh, in the future. So Exoprime will definitely getting some very, very good publicity. And again, congrats on 1 million players. But to round out today's show, have you ever played Xbox and thought, man, I would love it if this controller smelled like pizza? Neither have I, but now you absolutely can get a controller that smells like pizza thanks to the team over at Xbox. This comes from Josh Stein at Steineken on Twitter over on the Xbox Wire who writes, Paramount Pictures' upcoming TMNT Mutant Mayhem and Xbox is serving up a totally righteous gamer's welcome for the fearless foursome. In celebration of the movie's August 2023 release, we are giving away a limited number of exclusive ooze green pizza-scented Xbox wireless controllers that pair perfectly with the game content that immerses fans in the Turtles' latest adventure. And there you have it, a big slice of pizza on the back with an oil diffuser that smells like pizza and the TMNT controller. Satisfy your hunger for kicking butt with the world's first ever pizza-scented controller. Designed to deliver the smell of the turtle's beloved meal to your game time, these exclusive Xbox wireless controllers come with a built-in scent diffuser shaped like a slice of delicious New York Zop. The controller comes in four variations, each representing the signature colors, weapons, and personality of a turtle brother, Leonardo, Raphael, Donatello, and Michelangelo. Fans can enter to win the wireless controllers by following Game Pass on Twitter and retweeting the official Xbox Game Pass sweepstakes tweet. The giveaway will run from July 24th through August 13th, 2023. For the official rules and eligibility details, you can visit their link. But for fans in NYC, you can join in the celebration and check out in person the Pizza Cinda controllers, load up on pizza, and play the Xbox Gaming Lounge games at the Microsoft Experience Center on 5th Avenue from 4 to 7 p.m. on August the 2nd of 2023. And once again, there you have it. On the right, you've got the Mikey controller without the pizza diffuser. And on the left, you have the Donatello controller with the pizza diffuser included. These controllers are great for games like TMNT Shredder's Revenge, now available with Xbox Game Pass, and they talk more about that. But Mutant Mayhem, number one, uh, getting some very good reviews right now. I am shocked by uh, how good these reviews actually are. It seems like TMNT is kind of having a moment in the spotlight once again, uh, coming back in a big way. But this is marketing. I totally know that, and I absolutely love it. More of this kind of stuff is what I love to see. And I know that sometimes Xbox can get flack for like they've got more controllers at this point than they have games. Listen, man, I love a good controller and Xbox has a lot of them. And to have this, I just know that in 20 years, this thing is going to be super collectible. So if you do want to pick one up again, you've got to enter that sweepstakes over on the Xbox Game Pass Twitter account. Head over there, check it out, enter to win. And if you get one, be sure to post a picture because this thing is going to be a delicious addition to your collection. 
But that rounds out today's episode of the Jam Pack Report. If you're new here and you enjoy what you see or what you hear, be sure to hit that subscribe button on YouTube or add the show to your podcast feed of choice and get it delivered right to you every single Sunday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time. It's always a great time digging into the gaming news of the week with you all, and I hope you enjoy it as well. But until next time, you guys have a fantastic rest of your week. I'll talk to you soon, and as always, keep on playing.